Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is presented to you by our friends over at MyBookie. Football is back, and so is winning season at MyBookie. NFL, college football, and a brand new cash-out system give you options to bet and win all season long. First two legs of your parlay hit, cash out early and use the funds on another bet, or let it ride for the chance at a bigger payday. Use early cash outs as a tool to stay in control of the action at MyBookie. To get started, go to MyBookie.ag now and register an account for free. When you're ready to make your first deposit, just use promo code TSUS to grab a welcome bonus on the house. That's promo code TSUS to claim your deposit bonus and, for a limited time, a free chip to use in the MyBookie Casino. You can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere, only with MyBookie. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi-entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Prize picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. They're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use that promo code TS. U.S. to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Great to uh, great to chat with you once again. Always, man. Always. Look, man. College football is here again, and uh, we're ready to roll, man. Ready to rock and roll. This has been uh, what a week. What a week, Chris. I feel like I've been a crisis counselor this week on the air. I'm no longer a talk show host, Chris. I am trying to talk people. Take one step back away from the ledge. Life will go on. Life will continue. It's all about perspective. And uh, I don't know, man, people in this state don't seem to have a lot of it. You know? <laughs> Mark, I want to start there. Who do you think is having a harder time coping with their week one loss? Gamecock fans or Clemson fans? Easily Clemson fans. Easily. Because even though, Chris, I warned them that I was hearing from uh, folks who are real close to the Duke program that they were expecting to win. I can't tell you how many Clemson fans laughed at me for even sharing that. And I, I posted afterwards, who's laughing now? You like Clemson, Clemson isn't good enough to be laughing at anybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, seriously, they're not good enough to be laughing at anybody, Chris. And somebody hit me today with, uh, Chris, uh, a line that I'm going to use on the show today. To, to this member anyway, Dabo reminds him of Blockbuster. Okay? Like, all, all you need to do is just, do a little thinking, right? And and that, that line suddenly makes a lot of sense. Mm. Um, Clemson's program feels a bit outdated right now. It feels a bit outdated in terms of the coordinators. It feels a bit outdated in terms of NIL. And it feels a bit way outdated in terms of the transfer portal. And let's just say, Chris, the natives are restless. And because it, Clemson fans are in a really awkward spot right now, Chris, mm. you know the dynamic, man. No one wants to speak out against the guy who's made the program. You know, I remember leaving Death Valley last year after you guys stunned the world by, uh, by beating Clemson. And a Clemson fan came up to me and said, Mark Ryan, Dabo's got to go. And I said, really, can I get your name? I'd like to give you credit for that on the show. And he said, no, thanks. Uh, what? Like, they don't want to be known as dissenters, but Chris... If or when Florida State comes to town and puts it on Clemson with those new transfer portal guys playing a starring role, uh, those those murmurs are going to become an earthquake. All right. Yeah, Mark, you know, it's bad when, of course, you know, after the game and, and Duke beats Clemson. And I, I actually had a take that and this was just this wasn't even a trolling take, Mark. This was just my honest opinion that Clemson's quote unquote dynasty is over and Nobody's to blame but Dabo himself for his lack of or unwillingness to use the portal and adapt to the times. And, you know, you've seen other coaches, like even a Nick Saban and others, they have 
you know, evolved. And it seems like Dabo is not willing to do that. But you know, Mark, things are bad when you've got Clemson folks agreeing with us and echoing and saying like, hey, I don't like this guy. He's a Gamecock, but he's spot on. So, you know, there, there's trouble in paradise for sure when it comes to Dabo Sweeney and his, uh, his program. And you're hearing others echo that too. Yourself, Josh Pate. Many in the college football world are, are saying it's adapt or die for Dabo Sweeney. Yeah, no, 100%. And, the, you know, the question is, and we've tackled this on our show, Chris, and you saw Josh Pate address it the other day, um, you know, is Dabo Sweeney's choice? You know, is he going to retire as opposed to taking part in a college football system that he clearly despises? He clearly despises where college football is going. Chris, I agree with that. I agree with Dabo Sweeney, and I don't think he's a bad guy and a bad coach for not getting with uh, the current system. But if your job is to do whatever you can to win, right, can we say that Dabo Sweeney's doing that at Clemson right now? Mm-hmm. He's not. I mean, that, that's, that's his job. So, you know, the difference between Nick Saban and, like, Lane Kiffin and Dabo Sweeney is all three of them hate the direction of college football. But Lane Kiffin and Nick Saban say, well, if I got to win, I guess I'm going to have to do this deal with the devil. And Chris, I get the feeling from knowing you for four and a half years now, you and I would be exactly the same way. We would say, is this what we want college football to be, which is what Nick Saban has said. And then we would do those things that we had to do to be successful. Right. Dabo's not doing that. And you can see it on the field and it's driving Clemson fans up a wall. So what is Dabo going to do? You know? My prediction, Chris, is he will retire within three years um, if he does not get Clemson back to the college football playoffs. All right. What I'm more fascinated to see is if he's actually going to get with the program and do the aforementioned deals with the devil that you've got to do to win in the transfer portal with NIL, et cetera. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, it's really going to be fascinating to see, Mark, to your point. And 
Uh, like you mentioned, when they take on Florida State in a couple of weeks, and there's going to be no hiding from the benefits or lack thereof for Clemson and then Florida State, looking the way they've built their program. We'll talk more about the Knowles, Mark, later in the show, but let's get straight to Charlotte, North Carolina. Gamecocks get embarrassed on a national stage, 31-17. and It's more so about how the game happened. Nine sacks, 16 tackles for loss, negative two rushing yards. And on the other side, South Carolina's defensive front forcing a big goose egg, zero sacks, and just one tackle for loss. Drake May sitting back there playing seven on seven. You know, you and I, Mark, and of course we talked about this earlier in the week on Tuesday, but I want you to expand on your thoughts you had. But we talked about line of scrimmage a lot in the preseason, right? But could you have ever seen coming what took place against UNC? Because, Mark, ironically enough, one of the reasons I thought the Gamecocks would beat UNC is I didn't think UNC had the bodies in the line of scrimmage to expose their weaknesses and expose that deficiency. And boy, was I wrong. Your thoughts on South Carolina's blunder in Charlotte. Chris, you, me, and Bruin Barbecue in the chat had more rushing (laughs) yards than South Carolina, okay? Me, you, and Bruin Barbecue. That's a factual statement. Do you realize that? You and me and Bruin Barbecue combined had more rushing yards. We had zero. They had negative two, okay? (laughs) We beat them in rushing over over the weekend. Chris, the North Carolina defensive line uh, in in the Athlon College Football Preview is ranked ninth out of 14 ACC defensive lines, Mm -hmm. okay? You're not as bad as they are a year ago and flip the switch overnight and suddenly you're a dominating offensive uh, defensive line. That just doesn't happen. Chris, that was the most offensive offensive line performance, the worst offensive line performance I have ever seen in all of my years watching college football. And there's no hyperbole here, man. You know, Furman's offensive line would fare better against Alabama than South Carolina's did against against, uh, North Carolina. I I, I literally couldn't believe what I was seeing. If I could focus on one positive from a Gamecock, Gamecock perspective, Chris, Spencer Rattler played out of his mind. I was so damn proud of him. 31 for 39 behind that? Brother, that offensive line was sponsored by Denny's. Always open, you know? They were always open the entire game. So seriously, man, you got to tip your cap to Spencer Rattler for sticking with it, for going 31 for 39, for being the only reason. Chris, the scoreline was not embarrassing. 31-17 is not an embarrassing scoreline. 31 to 10 is, 38 to 10 is, right? 31-17 is not an embarrassing scoreline. That's an L. That's an L. South Carolina earned the L. But the only reason it wasn't biblical is because Rattler was that dude. I was so impressed with him. Now, South Carolina is left picking up the pieces, Mark. And I, and I think that it's one of those things where if you had, dare I call it, realistic expectations for the season, the sense of, you know, this could be a, a seven-win team, maybe eight. But, you know, the UNC game doesn't throw your season completely for a loop. But if you were one of those out there that thought nine or ten was, you know, eight was the floor somehow – I think you got a dose of reality. So the question now is, Mark, how does South Carolina pick up the pieces? Because like we talked about earlier in the week, right, you don't move the goalposts. This still needs to be a pop-off type of year for Shane Beamer. There's still opportunities to do that, but they've got to pick up the pieces and pick them up quickly because, as you know very well, being in the upstate, 
the Furman Paladins are coming, and they're not coming to just collect a paycheck. They're coming to win. Your thoughts on this matchup? And, I mean, again, you if you're looking at it as this cupcake Saturday, I think that's the wrong way to look at it, man. We saw Furman last year. Again, they lost by 23 to Clemson, but, I mean, they outgained the Tigers in that football game. So, I've talked a lot about Furman, Mark. What can you tell us? Obviously, again, you're in the upstate. You're familiar with the Paladins. And what are you expecting from this ball game on Saturday night? Chris, uh, Furman head coach Clay Hendricks is joining us on offsides today at 6 o'clock. My very first question to him is going to be, and by the way, if you guys are in the upstate, 97.7 FM or 97.1 FM, if you're outside of the upstate, just download the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Look up the fan upstate and you'll see us right there offside, 6 o'clock p.m. First question to him, Chris, is going to be, can you win this game? Okay, just point blank. All right. Chris, you know me, man. I, like, I don't do softballs, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I'm going right at it. First question, can you win this game? You know, honestly, he's been so honest with us in the past. You know, he was joking around with us uh, last year about the Clemson game. Well, you know what, guys? Like, we feel we can go up there and do some good things. It's a great opportunity for our kids to play in, in that kind of environment. That was the kind of scoop we were getting a year ago. And then, as you know, Furman outgained Clemson in the loss, right? That they 384 to 376 outgained him. I get the sense the vibe is going to be a little bit different this year, Chris. Last year, Clemson was favored by 44 and a half. This year, South Carolina is favored by 24. Where I think I was wrong, Chris, all right, is that my thought when we were doing our game predictions is that if South Carolina lost to North Carolina, Furman was going to have a better chance to beat him. Okay, they got so up for that first game and they'd kind of be sleepwalking in this one. Now I feel like Furman would have had a better shot if South Carolina had beaten North Carolina. Right. They're high on themselves. They're high on the hog. You saw Beamer tweet out about the sellout today. He's get, they're getting an angry, <laughs> an angry, an angry Gamecock team right now. Um, be afraid. Be very afraid if you see the Furman defensive line get pressure on Spencer Rattler. That should not happen. Okay, that absolutely should not happen. Uh, But then again, Chris, what do you have? Offensive lineman from Mercer. So it might. Western Illinois, Yale, Charlotte to go along with he from Mercer as well. So I guess at least one of the positives is that a lot of your offensive line will face competition that they're more used to blocking against. But again, I I look at Furman and man, Dominic Roberto in the offensive side, running the football, their quarterback, Tyler Huff a really good player, and let me tell that you, defensive man, line solid as well. Let me tell you uh, about Tyler Huff. Was recruited and offered by Troy at the, at the FBS level, okay? Completed 68% of his passes a season ago uh, and holds many Furman Paladins records. He is the principal reason when you talk to Clay Hendricks, uh, Chris, and, and our station carries Furman football and basketball games, you see the twinkle in his eye when he talks about it. He's got a 6'1", 216-pound quarterback who was offered by FBS schools at Furman. And they're the number six FCS team in the country, right? So, I don't know, Chris. You know, where would the national champion FCS school be among FBS schools? Where would they be? I'd say probably around top 50, number 50, right? So, where is number six? Top 60, top 70. If South Carolina doesn't play like a top 60 or top 70 team, they're going to wear the L. 
on Saturday nights. When we made our picks, Chris, I said 38-26 South Carolina. I will stick with that. That is having the, uh, the proposed spread, which is listed at 24 points. So I'm going to say Gamecocks by 12. So this does serve, Mark, as the final tune-up before SEC play for South Carolina. And, and it, uh, there's nowhere to hide, Mark. you got to go between the hedges and take on the Georgia Bulldogs. And, you know, rightfully so. Not many people are probably going to give you a chance in that one. Then Mississippi State follows, which I think will be the, the real, like, swing game of you've got to win that game to keep your goals intact. But, I mean, what do you need to see? Let's just assume Gamecocks get the W, but what do you need to see most importantly from South Carolina to, to feel like they're going in the right direction heading into conference play? Because, I mean, you know as well as I do, Mark, if some of those deficiencies you had against UNC, if those are showing their ugly head against Furman, if you can't block Furman, if you can't penetrate and get pressure on Furman, I mean, what chance do you have, Mark Ryan, with all due respect to the Paladins? Yeah, the thing is, Chris, I, I think the game plan for South Carolina against Furman is very easy. If you throw slip screens to Xavier Leggett all game long, I don't see Furman tackling him one-on-one for less than eight yards a pop, right? So you spread Furman out wide with all those slip screens, and then when the defense is spread out, you hit him right up the middle. And I just I think Furman's going to have a real hard time. I mean, what Furman cornerback – do you value one-on-one against the physical specimen that is Xavier Leggett, Chris? Mm. You know, South Carolina has the perfect tonic here with an offensive line that, that can't play, frankly, at this point. And they, that is to just play horizontally, right? Forget mm. the timing vertical routes down the field. Just play horizontally and make, make uh, Furman tackle your physical specimens on the perimeter in space. Then run up the middle once – once there's some Swiss cheese in the middle, right? That's what they're, that's all they have to do. But Chris, I've got to ask you this. Mm. Can you paint the picture for me of fire and brimstone if the Gamecocks were to lose this game, knowing that Georgia is up next? What would it be like? What would it be like Sunday morning, Chris, <laughs> if the Gamecocks fall to Furman? The Spurs Up show is brought to you by our friends. Over at Twisted Tea, are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a flavorful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate the game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. The Spurs Up Show is also brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. Download the Game Time app or head over to GameTime.co and use the promo code SPURSUP for $20 off your first purchase. Again, that's promo code SPURSUP 
SP or SUP for $20 off your first purchase. Game time is the best ticket buying app available that removes all the stress of the ticket buying process. They have things like images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Guys, you can buy your tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. And also tickets, they're sent directly to your phone. So no more scrambling, searching through your email, trying to find the tickets you just bought. Whether it be the Gamecocks, a concert, a comedy club event, you name it, whatever the event is, Buying tickets shouldn't be stressful, and Game Time is the way to go. Again, that's our friends at Game Time. Go download the Game Time app or go to GameTime.co. And when you do, create an account and use promo code SPURSUP. That's S-P or S-U-P for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. Well, I, I'll say this first, Mark, because my mind immediately went to taking a leave of absence from Twitter. But I am, uh, <laughs> I am more of a, I am more of a man than Shadow of Death Valley will ever be. So I will not need a twenty-four or forty-eight hour grace period from social media to cope with a loss. Um, it, it's, I mean, it, it will, it's, it's hard to like compare it to any previous games, but it'd probably be up there with like twenty nineteen App State. Um. I think it would take something of that magnitude to bring the Shane Beamer tenure into, into question. I, I really do. I mean, it just – at that point, Mark, like like if you lose to Furman, your season's a wash at, at already. Two games in. Two games in. I, I just – I mean, I don't even want to think about it. You know what I mean? But uh, – and I don't think it's going to happen, by the way. Spoiler, my prediction drops tomorrow. I'm not going to be the guy that picks Furman to beat South Carolina. But – um yeah, I mean, I, the Gamecocks need to bounce back. They they desperately need to. I think, you know, one of the things I talked about today, Mark, was Spencer Rattler, you know, building off that week one performance and, and, and you know, protecting the football and building confidence because here's the thing. South Carolina has deficiencies, but if you go into SEC play with a confident Spencer Rattler and he's playing well, I mean, that gives you a chance in, in a lot of football games. But, um, you know, it's it's I look at this game, Mark, similar to how I viewed Charlotte last year which followed the Georgia State, Arkansas, and then Georgia games. And it's unfortunate because in a game like Furman, you can't beat Furman by enough to appease the appetite of the fan base and remove the scar tissue that is what happened in week one. But just but win if it's a, but, Chris. Just but win it, comfortably. But if it's That's a close game and you lose, you have everything to lose, right? So it's like... I just I don't know what the margin of victory is that will have people saying, okay, we now have a a great shot to beat Georgia. I, I think it's more like the way it looks, the offensive line taking major strides, the defensive front getting pressure. Like it needs to look like Mark Ryan, us an SEC team against the FCS team. That's what it needs to look like. Will we get that? I don't know. Chris, again, remember I picked South Carolina thirty-eight, Furman twenty-six. South Carolina fans might say, Mark, that's a bit disrespectful. But then, Chris, when we made our picks, I picked Georgia 31, South Carolina 20. Uh, I think both of the next two games are going to be more competitive than people realize, both in the positive and the negative for South Carolina. Uh, I think South Carolina goes one and one in these two games with a win over Furman and a loss against Georgia. But I think the way we get there ends up being a little bit surprising to some folks. I do still think there's some growing pains with Carson back in Georgia. And Chris, look, if you're going to get Georgia, you want him now. 
mm-hmm. right? Like you, you don't, you, you want them before Carson Beck has a chance to get going. By the way, Chris, I've got some good news in my hand right here for Gamecock fans. Can I share a little bit of please, research with you? Would please do. Okay? Yeah, All right. Please do. The, the, you know, we can debate till we're blue in the face, Chris, about the, the expanded playoff and whether it's good for college football, et cetera. You know, if Clemson had a safety net in the Duke game, is that good for college football or bad for college football? I don't like safety nets, Chris. I like the fact that the loser of Ohio State, Michigan, is likely knocked out of the college football playoff. Mm. That's what puts college football at the fever pitch, right? However, where the expanded college football playoff really helps college football is with teams like the one that you cover and are passionate about, Chris, the South Carolina Gamecocks. Now, I have in front of me here the, um, the teams that would have made, Chris, the college football playoff last year if there were a 12-team playoff, right? I looked at their four recruiting classes leading up to that college football playoff. I allowed them to drop their lowest score because I was kind of an easy teacher, Chris. You know, I I allowed allowed Mm -hmm. them to drop their lowest recruiting class, especially because a lot of these schools had coaching changes. And, you know, like you don't count Beamer's 80th ranked recruiting class against them. And here's what I found, Chris. All right. Um, TCU's top three recruiting classes in the four years that led to them making the playoffs. Number 33, okay? Um, Tennessee's number 14. Utah's number 32. Kansas State, number 57. USC, number 28. Penn State, number 11. And Washington, number 20. Now, what do all those numbers mean? You know what it takes to make the CFP right now, Chris? You got to have a four-year rolling average recruiting class of class rank number 10. You got to have a top 10 average class to make the CFP. You can't have an individual class in those four years lower than number 20. Mm-hmm. Now, do I think in the SEC, you're going to be able to make the college football playoff? You're going to have a record good enough, 10 and 2, 9 and 3, to make the college football playoff with a recruiting class of number 32 or number 46? No, I don't. But what this does tell me, Chris, if you looked at where the top 12 fell last year, Tennessee was had the three-year average of 14th, okay? So I do think what you can say conclusively is that the Gamecocks can make a future expand college football playoff with a four-year recruiting average around class rank number 15. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, Chris, brother, the future is so bright you need shades. I mean, think about that. That is doable for the Gamecocks, is it not? So now the college football playoff has gone from um, – the masters an elitist fraternity that you're not welcome in right to maybe you've got a shot. Maybe you've got a shot dude. To me, that's the best news ever. If I'm a Gamecock fan. And you make great points, Mark. And I think South Carolina certainly is one of those teams that as we move into the expanded playoff, I think they're one of those middle of the pack SEC teams that can challenge. And I think that becomes even more realistic than challenging for an SEC championship. Just call it for what it is because the additions of Oklahoma, Texas, all of a sudden, though, if you can get to that magic number of 10 wins, I think you put yourself in position to be a college football playoff team. Uh, Let's move to the rest of the SEC slate, Mark. Are you ready to admit that you were wrong about Florida State? Dude, (laughs) I've never listened let me tell you, Chris. Let me. Tell they look you. like a machine, Mark. They look Bro. like a machine. Bro, 
listen, here's the lesson that I've learned about this, Chris. Okay. It's, it's not, you know, you don't harm yourself by being wrong, Chris, in the end, you and I are in the entertainment business, brother. Our job is to be compelling. Our job is to make educated picks and predictions. So let me tell you why I was so wrong about Florida State. Because, Chris, it is freaking impossible to project and predict in the transfer portal era. It's just impossible. Like, how the hell do I know what they're going to do? What bothered me, Chris, what really pissed me off about Florida State was to channel the late, great Dennis Green. You want to crown them and crown their ass. They hadn't done anything. They hadn't done anything, Chris. Chris, Florida State was above average last year. That's it. They were five and three in the All Cupcakes Conference. And that's it, right? And so that's what I saw. I saw them barely beat mediocre Florida. I saw them barely beat mediocre Oklahoma. And you want to crown their ass. I had no way of knowing, Chris, how those portal guys were going to be utilized. Cam Coleman, right? Jaheim Bell. Uh, I, I obviously was really familiar with Jaheim Bell, but how Norvell was going to be able to utilize those guys. They essentially, Chris, added four and five star players at every single position of, of need. They got a defensive tackle from Western Michigan that is clogging the middle of that defensive line better than I've seen anybody for them in the last 10 years. So I've never been more wrong, Chris. I Boy, can I please boop, boop, boop. Can I please back up that take that South Carolina would beat Florida State on a neutral field? Can I please back that up? Because, brother, that was that was awful. Uh, that, that, was, that was awful. Florida State has scored 35 points or more in seven straight games. That leads the nation, Chris. And um, their blue chip ratio, here's what's fascinating to me about the Seminoles. Their blue chip ratio, Chris, is 38%. Mm. As you know, no one has ever won the national championship in the modern era the last 20 plus years without a blue chip ratio of over 50%, which means more than half of the players on your roster were four or five star recruits coming out of high school. And it's what, what, what is transfixing me is wondering to myself, can they be the first to do it with all those free agent superstars that they signed? Chris, I'm with Dabo Sweeney. I hate it. College football is not supposed to be free agency. But Norvell said, you know what? Here's where we're spending our NIL money, okay? Uh, I, we, we would all perish at the sight of what they paid those guys, Chris, okay? But can you not say that was money well spent? Dear God. That was something to witness, man. So, Mark, when you mentioned that 38% blue chip ratio, help me understand this. Does that like does that take into account the star ratings of the transfer portal players they brought in, or is it does it exclude them? I'm so glad you mentioned that. Josh Pate addressed that yesterday on my show. I mentioned the 38%. He mm -hmm. said, Mark, they're still under the threshold with the transfer portal guys. With the transfer portal guys, they're at 42%. Okay. The difference is, Chris, is this, you know, much like quarterbacks in the NFL draft, uh, first round quarterbacks have about a one in three hit rate. OK, if they're drafted in the first round, four and five star players have about a 40 to 50 percent hit rate, Chris. So not only are they getting the four and five stars, but they're getting four and five stars that they already know are stars. Mm. Right. Like they, you know, with their former schools already filtered them through that process and then they entered the transfer portal to go to the highest bidder and what do you know florida state is right there with the biggest bag of cash and i would say this though mark to your point i, I you know I, I understand the not 
liking the direction of college football or liking college football less because of the portal. But I don't know, man. I, I just I, – I, you know, I don't know if you saw my take earlier this week, but, like, I looked at what Colorado did against TCU – and, you know, Dion was looked at as like, I mean, just he's off his rocker. He's just – he's telling guys to get out of his program. He's got 80 new players. But, Mark, I look at it more as like it worked. And, I mean, if it's going to be based off NIL and contracts and money, like I don't blame Dion for treating it like a professional roster. And, like, then you look at Florida State, and I look at Shane Beamer, and I'm like to every coach, like – you got to be almost cutthroat in the transfer portal world. Like the days are over of us coddling, saying that like, oh, well, it's, you know, they're just kids. Like, no, no, no. They're now on payrolls. Like that's that's the reality. Like I I think like I even heard it from the North Carolina side where they said, Chris, five, six defensive backs hit the portal. Why was that? Well, they were urged to leave because they weren't very good. Like that's where we are now. But it it worked. Dion showed it's one game. But it worked. It did not. I mean, Florida State overnight is a top five team. I mean, it just, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, that's why coaches aren't getting grace periods of six, seven, eight years to build programs because it can literally happen overnight if you've got a large bag of cash and you go out in the portal and you get guys. Chris, my first question to Josh Pate yesterday was, has Coach Prime decapitated the role of patience for new coaches? Has he, has he, and the, and, and Josh, and Josh said, yeah, and I had uh, FBS coaches texting me about that, that Coach Prime is screwing the time that they all have by what he's been able to do. Chris, what you just mentioned falls under the line of don't blame the player, blame the game. I hate it, Chris. I also can't blame Coach Prime for doing it. And what makes that situation so unique, Chris, is it's like what's happening in America. There is no middle class in America anymore, right? There's no middle class in third world countries. The middle class is getting squeezed in America. The Colorado roster, Chris, has no middle class. The Colorado roster is, you know, 24 and five-star guys and 40 me and you's. Okay? (laughs) Seriously. Dude, seriously. Look at that roster. And so what Coach Prime is smart enough to do is he's like, okay, my son is one of them. My running back is another one. And Travis Hunter is another one. These are the only guys that are ever going to touch the ball, Chris. You know, my running back, my quarterback, and Travis Hunter. And those are the only guys that are going to touch the ball. And he's smart enough to realize that, Chris. He, his roster has no middle class. The sport of college football, Chris, has never seen a roster like Colorado's, right? It just It's four and five stars and Mark Ryan and Chris Phillips. That's the Colorado Buffalo's roster. Mm. Mark, before we get you out of here, let's look at week two of the college football season. Your Florida Gators, by the way, they, they've got a game similar to what South Carolina Next has. Next subject, please. Nothing no. to see here. Mark, Mark, I'd say this, Mark. I think right now, and I know you've gone on record. I've gone on record. I left week one saying that game with Florida and South Carolina is going to be the best pillow fight in the SEC if, the, if, the, if things take – I mean, I'm telling – they look like similar teams to me. I know they played Utah, but, I mean, two teams whose offensive lines were abysmal – two quarterbacks who racked up passing yards. I'm not saying the Gamecocks shouldn't beat Florida, but that game to me, I, I don't I don't look at that as an automatic dub anymore. I got to be totally honest with you. Um, anyways, Chris, Gators. Chris, 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 yeah, Chris. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. How is Florida going to score the 28 to 30 points required to win that game? 
Well, they got they got they've got to get they've got to get Montreal Johnson and Trevor Etienne going. I know you agree with that. They they unless, unless Florida is able to make Spencer Rattler Spencer Rattles, okay, for the second time in two years, mm. Chris. Again, just look at the quarterback matchup, man. That that's that's all that's all you yeah. have to do. What's sad for you and I, Chris, me as a Florida grad, you as a as a big Gamecock, is that that game, Chris, is going to be the difference for one of us mm-hmm. between a bad season and stick your head in the sand, humiliate. See what I'm saying? <laughs> like, that's, yeah. that is in our radar right now. Yeah. The Missouri game, I don't think either one of us likes our chances against Kentucky right now, do you? Remember, I picked Kentucky over the Gamecocks in the offseason. Mm-hmm. But the, those, those like Vanderbilt, Missouri, Florida, South Carolina, those games have now become the 50-50 toss-ups that at least allow you to save face in the offseason, you know? And the pressure on each of the respective coaches will be extreme, the loser of that game. Of course, Billy Napier for obvious reasons, and then Roshane Beamer. I mean, that could be a 2-4 and or 1-5 and five start if you lose that game. I, either way, though, the Week 2 slate, Gators take on McNeese, same time Gamecocks play Furman. So they'll look to bounce back, but you look at this slate, Mark, a really good one. It starts at 11 a.m., with Vandy and Wake on Saturday. Um, You've got at 3.30, Miami and Texas A&M. You've got Ole Miss Tulane, which I think has the potential to be one of the most fun games of the week. And then, of course, the headliner is Alabama and Texas at 7 o'clock. And then Auburn and Cal on the West Coast closing it out late. So just some of the top things you're looking forward to. And, by the way, we get to find out if Colorado can follow it up against Nebraska and Marcus Satterfield. What are you most looking forward to in week two? What's got you excited about this slate? I can't imagine who you'll be rooting for, Chris, in that Colorado Nebraska <laughs> game. I hey, I, listen, I took Minnesota minus seven against Nebraska purely out of principle. I lost the bet, but I didn't even care. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Chris, I'll tell you what. You're going to be much more likely to be wearing the black than the garnets in that Colorado-Nebraska matchup uh, when we see it on TV. Indeed. All right. I'm taking Miami over Texas A&M as my upset pick of the week. All right? That is my upset pick of the week. I like Colorado to beat Nebraska at home because stupid is as stupid does, and that's how Nebraska plays. Two and 14 in their last 16 one-score games. Um, Ole Miss puts Tulane in a body bag. Okay? Just – just cut it out with this cute little story, man. Just just wait till you see what Lane has for those boys. You know, all talk of uh, Tulane joining the Power Five because they're in New Orleans is going to come to an end uh, after that. And um, Sarkeesian will be calling Nick Saban daddy after uh, after the Alabama game as well. Chris, <laughs> Chris, let me tell you something. You guys want to make some money, all right? The biggest discrepancy I've seen all week between the betting line and what the models are saying mm-hmm. is Alabama hosting Texas. Chris, the line is seven points based on what? Again, this is like pre-Florida State hype that I didn't like, only Texas didn't raid the transfer portal the way that Florida State did. So you mean to tell me that Texas is ready to go to Alabama and play Alabama within a score based on what that you've seen up until this point? You know? 
I, I think some would argue based off of they should have beat them last year with Bama having Bryce Young and Will Anderson. That's what some people would say. Some people would say that. Chris, I would take Alabama minus seven at Texas. Okay. 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 I would hey. take them at Texas by, by that, by that mark at in, in Brian Denny. Here's what you're going to be saying midway through the second quarter, man, I had high hopes for this game. All right, let's look ahead to next week. <laughs> that's, that's what you're going to be saying midway through the second quarter. Okay. Oh, goodness, goodness. Mark Ryan of the Fan Upstate. Mark, one last thing, and I get you out of here real quickly. Putting you on the spot a little bit. NFL begins tonight. Do you have a Super Bowl favorite or a pick in your mind? Who you're looking for? Listen, brother. There's a lot of there's a lot of NFL teams, Chris, under a ton of pressure. You know, I think the Jets are going to be a disaster. You know, um, they're over under win total is uh, like nine and a half wins, Chris. So seriously, the, the Jets, not they're going to win 10 games. All right. You, you look at the schedule, Chris, they could start one and five, oh, and six, the Jets. Um, I think, you know, there's there's three powerhouse teams in the AFC and Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence is going to be really good as well. But you consider, Chris, that for the Buffalo Bills, the Cincinnati Bengals and the Kansas City Chiefs, Anything but the Super Bowl is a failure. Mm. One of those teams isn't even going to make the conference championship game. All right. I'm going to go Bengals to win the Super Bowl this year. I absolutely love Joe Burrow. You know, the NFL nerd types, Chris, will tell you that quarterback wins is not a stat. Really? Mm. Well, what were the Cincinnati Bengals before Joe Burrow got there? You can't measure quarterbacks by wins. What about Cincinnati under with Joe Burrow? What, what, compare the before and after to Joe Burrow and tell me that you can't measure quarterbacks by wins, right? This is why I don't understand all the love for, like, Justin Herbert. You know, Chris, they gave him five years, $260 million for the, for the second largest choke in, in playoff history. Don't you want to at least see if the guy has the coconuts to win when it matters most, you know? So, you know, show me something, man. I think this is the Cincinnati Bengals' year. I look for a Bengals-Eagles Super Bowl. Um, and, man, I, I hope and pray that the Carolina Panthers got it right, drafting 5-10 Bryce Young in the first round. I was listening to Keyshawn Johnson say last week about Kyler Murray. There's never been a quarterback that height long-term that has had great success. I then went and looked up Bryce Young's height, the exact same as Kyler Murray's. <laughs> the exact same. So I, I have concerns to say the least about what's going on, man. What's yours, by the way? I will go, you know, I, I think that Bengals is a good pick. I feel like Chiefs, I, you know what? I think the Buffalo Bills finally break the hex, man. I, 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 and I, maybe I'm picking that out of I want that to happen. I, I lived in Charlotte for four years, and so I, I'm, I don't pretend like I'm a Panthers fan. I lived there when Cam Newton and the guys were balling out, and so I kind of jumped on as a bandwagon. I more so just like to watch – but I knew so many guys in Charlotte from Ithaca, Rochester, Syracuse, all the upstate, Buffalo itself. I want to see the Bills, man. It's, it's the Bills and the Gamecocks. There's some parallels there of tormented fan bases. I'd love to see. I think they've got the quarterback, Josh Allen. They've got the weapons. I, I think it's only a matter of time. So I'll, I'll go with the Buffalo Bills. I think it is a team from the AFC, though. Blue-collar Buffalo Bills. Yes. Blue-collar South Carolina Gamecocks. Can success, <laughs> can success come to both? Mm -hmm. We will Indeed. soon see. Always well, Mark enjoy. Ryan, you know you know that football is back truly when you've got college and NFL in the docket all weekend long. Mark Ryan of the Fan Upstate does a fantastic job. 
Mark, appreciate you taking the time, my friend. Looking forward to doing it again next week. Guys, thank you so much. Appreciate you guys. Invite you to give me a follow at Mark Ryan on air. That's at M-A-R-C Ryan on air. Truly do appreciate that. Chris, always a pleasure, my friend. We will talk to you Monday. Mark, you're the man. I appreciate you. Thank you.